On today's podcast episode, we're going to talk about pest control software and whether or not it's a great idea or not for you to use it in your company. You own a pest control company and marketing and advertising ain't what it used to be. Just so you know, software and millennials are not the answer. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. Our passion is to teach you online and digital marketing without all the techno babble. Oh, it still takes hard work, sales, and a sprinkle of tech, but we'll teach you how to do it in simple terms. Let's do this. Let's get on with the show. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast, and this is your host, Casey Lewis. All right, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. My name is Casey Lewis, and it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon here in the wonderful city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Today, I wanted to talk about pest control software and some of the some of the things that I'm seeing within that in that space in the pest control industry. I had a couple of things happen today and they not today but really over the last couple of weeks and they really I guess the word we use nowadays they triggered me. They got me a little bit irritated frankly and I wanted to chat about it. And before I get started I want to talk about, in our intro, you may or may not have heard, um, we make a comment, it's not about software and millennials, and that's irritated some of, I guess some, I I don't really want to look at them as our competitors, because I don't think that they are, but I think maybe it, it was found to be a little bit offensive by a few people. And I want to I want to talk about that. What do we mean by that? Why do I say that? Why do I have that in the intro to the podcast? And before I really answer that, let me give you a little bit of background about who I am, where I came from, why I can even speak to this issue. I don't I don't feel that I've done a great job as we've got this podcast going and even in some of our own marketing in terms of talking about who I am, where did I come from? So I'm going to take a moment and just tell you that. I um, I went to school, to college in a small town, Santa Barbara, California, at a small school, Westmont College, which was up in the foothills of Montecito. Little did I know at that time, that was the closest <laughs> that I was ever going to get to living in the foothills of Montecito overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Maybe I, looking back at it now, I really didn't know how wonderful it was. But anyway, from there, I took a couple jobs and then ultimately ended up in Kansas City, Missouri, working for Southwestern Bell, selling Yellow Page ads, going door to door. I hope some of you maybe can remember those days. We fondly refer to those days as BG which was before Google and really before all of this technology uh, worked their way into the marketplace and made it the 
the sort of complex environment we all live in today. And from there, I, I spent 30 plus years working from, for AT&T. I worked through uh, the original Bell System Yellow Pages. I went through the time that it, it then split up and I ended up out in California at Pacific Bell Yellow Pages. Then it went back to a time where Southwestern Bell bought up most of what were referred to as the baby bells and then ultimately AT&T and it became AT&T once again, even though that really, it wasn't the original AT&T. And I worked my way through a number of different jobs through those years, ultimately ending up overseeing sales uh, and sales operations nationwide for what would then become yellowpages.com, yp.com, and they've gone through a number of mergers and acquisitions, and I think now they operate uh, as Thrive. They were DexYP for a while and, and a number of other entities. Well, while that was all going on, I got frustrated. I was an old AT&T original guard type guy and lived through those very, very wonderful years in the 80s, 90s, and then even into the early 20s where we worked with all small business um, owners and companies throughout the United States. So that would include all of the pest control companies and home service type companies in the United States. And it, it bothered me and that's why I left. And that's why I now have Rhino digital media incorporated and we do business as Rhino pest control marketing. It was because I thought that the business and what had made it so great and so powerful and so strong in its day was its relationship with the marketplace and its relationship with its, with its customers. We, on a regular basis, receive inquiries and leads about our services. And I spend um, the better part of each and every day talking to home service business owners, particularly pest control owners, and the, some of the things that they are needing and having to go through to be successful in this new technical world with Google being the primary search engine and then having to try to automate much of what they do with their business to stay on top of their leads, to grow their business and to sell services, more services to new customers in their marketplace. And so, so what has occurred recently is a number of the different software organizations, and I'm not going to go into the names of all of them, but I wrote them down right in front of me, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's probably eight main players in the marketplace, with three of them being the main within that group. And the movement that's been made in the industry is for those organizations, those software companies that came up doing really, for the most part, route management and billing, now wanting to expand their services into websites, into search engine optimization, and into a variety of other marketing services. And as a result of that, and with 
the way that they do business, what they're doing is they're getting pest control owners to sign long-term contracts with them in which they are really giving up the control of their website, of their local SEO, even of some of their Google advertising, some of their Google business profile uh, um, parts over to them. So they sign a contract. You got to really, really look at those terms in that contract. And in that contract, the software company ends up owning their website and having control over much of their Google marketing. The reason this, I guess, triggered me or irritated me or got me started on this podcast episode was the simple fact that we had, I think, two or three just in the last couple of weeks who want to do business with us. They're not satisfied with the results they're getting. They want to be a little more robust in their local market. And they want to work with a company that is a little bit more in tune with what they want to do. Let's just leave it at that. And they find themselves in a situation where they can't. They can't. The company wants to charge them penalty fees to be able to not necessarily even use the website, but to get out of paying for it and then to create their own website that they have control over. And so the question here is to those of you out there that are in the pest control marketplace and that are at that point in their business where they really need software support. So and it really starts with managing your billing and your routes, being able to coordinate your scheduling with your technicians, even if that technician is only you, maybe being able to give a notification that goes out to your client a day in advance that says, hey, tomorrow's your your day for uh, your pest control treatment, so please get the dogs and cats in the house. We're going to be by there at 10 o'clock, et cetera. And those are, those are good services. Those are um, things that I think that you absolutely should be taking advantage of. And where it starts with these companies and the sequence of events they will generally use is they will get a sales rep that gets a owner on the phone and describes to them all the wonderful things their software will do. And then from that point, they have to turn it over to another group that then is going to be in charge of, of bringing in and onboarding all of their contents, their contacts, excuse me, their billing information and going through a process to go from point A to point B. So that is whatever you're doing today, whether you're using one software and you want to move to another, whether you have it all being managed on an Excel spreadsheet, whatever you're doing, you have to get those contacts and that information into the new software. And then from that point, it evolves into Well, now we have all of these various uh, different suites of services we can give you, all of which cost different amounts of money, and all we need you to do is sign up here, and then we're going to turn you over to an account manager, and in most cases, those account managers' jobs are to maintain you as a client, and then to potentially sell you more stuff, so... They want to get, you know, into your 
emailing, they want to get into your reviews and reputation, your text messaging, your reporting, all of it. And it comes at, um, well, I don't know, I'll let you evaluate the costs. The costs can get, um, they can grow pretty quickly as you start to want to use more and more of these services. And to get themselves in a better position, what many of them have done is gone out and acquired pest control marketing companies, much like us, like Rhino, to be able to accumulate or bring together both of those contact lists so they can now um, attempt to manage everything for a pest control company. Now, I'm not knocking it. I'm not trying to be disparaging in any way. Actually, what I'd really love to do, I'd love to hear what you think of this movement. If you like it, if you find it difficult, if you find yourselves in the middle of one of these long-term contracts that you can't get out of because you'd um, like to go try something different. We uh, we have a, a Facebook group, and then we also have a LinkedIn group, and I really have a hard time getting this discussion going. And it's because I think, for the most part, a lot of the owners don't necessarily want to speak out, don't want to put themselves out there. It's interesting. You go to the Facebook group called Pest Cemetery, and you see a whole lot of of real good conversation and engagement going there. And it really is, I think, because it's mainly the technicians talking one-on-one to each other, asking questions about um, different treatment options. They're asking if people know what a certain insect or bug infestation that they've come across is. And so there's a little bit more robust conversation. I've really wanted to get that kind of conversation going with the pest control owner side of the house on things like this. Now, as I said, I'm not going to name all of the software companies. You, I'm sure, know who they are and very likely are using one or more of them. And I'd love if you would give me some feedback on what you think about whether or not for the pest control owner and pest control operator or wildlife control for that matter, or others, other home service businesses, painting contractors, plumbers, there's a whole, there's a whole group of them as to whether or not this is a good thing and whether or not you find it to be frustrating and whether or not you wish that it really wasn't being handled this way. So remember, my email is casey at rhinopros.com. I love to hear back from you. I will even give on some of these podcast episodes, um, I'll read those, those, those questions, those concerns, those comments, so others can hear not only what I think about it, but in fact, um, what you think about it. But here's my thoughts on the matter. And again, I take my experience back with the Yellow Pages. When the Yellow Pages went through this, when they failed to recognize that the business was really transitioning over to a digital world and they were still stuck in their print world and started to try to automate many of the things they had done in the past which was essentially going door to door, sitting down with these clients, working together with them, creating plans, knowing each other, being 
accountable because you had to come back next year to uh, face the music with your client as to whether or not what you had sold them, what you had proposed to them was working or not. They then uh, tried to move into websites, into content, into Google ads, etc., and frankly did a miserable job at it. They um, took away that one-on-one relationship between whoever it was that owned that account and that business owner and being able to customize, if you will, or really work with them through what their goals were as opposed to telling them that what their goals should be and trying to get them to just simply um, run down a checklist and nobody talked to anybody. And when you wanted to get help and support, you got some account rep, generally a 20-something individual that really had did not have any background in business and was there to try to read from a script and tell you what you were supposed to do. And when things didn't work, nobody really had an answer. But you were still stuck in that contract and you still had to pay for it. And if you dared to try not to, you got turned over to a collection agency. And that was sort of, uh, as, as I saw it, a deterioration in that relationship. So what we try to do here is stay away from that. We're not going to be absorbed by a software company. We're not going to turn our clients over to that because we believe that the relationship that you have working with your marketing company has to be one that's fluid, has to be one where you can talk to people that understand and know what they're doing when it comes to growing your business in your marketplace. And they're all a little bit different that they understand what your email messages should be. They understand what um, your blog and video content should be, what your messaging, whether it's text or online messaging, what it looks, what it should look like. And what it should look like is not what they're telling you it is because they have a cookie cutter template and they're reading from a script and they're just saying this is what it needs to be, but rather they are going through a process with you and working with you to construct a custom plan that's based on your goals, on your budget, on your marketplace, on the competitors that you're dealing with, so that you can then have an individual, virtual even, if you will, marketing team that's on your side, working just for you. For example, we we have an exclusive arrangement with our pest control partners, whereby we only work with a single pest control company in a given market area. And we do that very specifically because we want to be able to take what that customer wants to do, what his or her strengths are or are not, and to develop those in a way that they can dominate. That's the word we use, where they can dominate in that specific market area. And if we have multiple clients in that area and we're trying to help them advertise and or market and to develop and deliver a unique sales message or a unique value proposition, it's very difficult to do that when we have three or four different um, pest control companies in a single market area and we have them assigned to some account rep 
and then that account rep, they're all essentially competing with one another and telling each and every one of those pest control companies to do the same thing. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, that just doesn't work. And I would love to hear what your thoughts are and what you think about it. Um, Again, I, I listened to a podcast episode even earlier today. And on that episode, they were talking a lot about Google Ads, and they were talking a lot about the economy and inflation and all of the other sort of news topics that are out there. And essentially, in my opinion, again, what I was hearing from them was excuses on why their marketing wasn't working. And the reason they were giving was essentially Google's getting too expensive, which it is, and As a result of that, the results their clients were seeing were declining. What I did not hear, however, was any thoughts or ideas on why that was occurring and any suggestions on what their customers could do to try to compensate for that. And I think that that is really, really important that if you are a pest control owner in a given marketplace and you kind of see that everybody is doing the same thing and everybody's just taking, you know, scrapes off the top of that pie, how can you come in over the top and dominate that marketplace? How can you win the bulk of those customers? And in today's day and age, it really takes a number of different things. I'm going to, I'm going to read to you. Oops. I'm going to read to you our list. We really break it down into 10 different areas, and they all have to be mastered. They all have to be maintained and managed. They all have to be dealt with on at least monthly, in many cases, weekly basis. And that is your website, your SEO, your reviews, and your reputation management, all of your Google tools, which really revolve around your Google business profile, formerly known as your Google business profile or Google My Business account. Email and text messaging, your sales skills, your sales follow-up skills that are directly related to your sales conversion rate, your content which for pest control revolves a lot around your blog and your video content and being able to break that into topic clusters, not just having cookie cutter content that's going out there that everybody else is putting out your social media networks and the engagement you're getting there, your NAP, which stands for your name, address and phone number consistency out on the internet and the backlinks and citations you can get as a result of those Um, directory listings, your online advertising, if you partake in that area, and that should not eliminate or discount the value of traditional advertising. Things as simple as direct mail in a marketplace, uh, door hangers in a marketplace, or even if you're in a smaller rural community, even some newspaper or um, local news type periodicals, and some ads you can get in there and make some money. So my point to you is this. It's one thing to automate your route schedule and then your billing. 
that obviously is something you need to do and that needs to be taken care of so that your cash flow is on target and your route building is also growing in any given area that you want so that you're not spread out and you've got 20, 30, 40 minutes in between your technician's service calls. Again, whether that technician is just you or if you have several technicians. Those kinds of things can be managed in a software product. You can be trained in that. You can get good at that. You can train some of your staff in that. And there's no big deal there. But I think, in my opinion, again, when you start trying to overlay those 10 various components of a great marketing campaign and great marketing and advertising domination in your local market, trying to just plug that into a billing and route management software program and then trying to automate that without really having the ability to customize that with somebody or a team of somebody's that really knows what you want to do in your marketplace and is ready and willing and able to go get after your competition to make you better than them, That that's where things start to get a little foggy for me. And I think that is why you see these companies wanting to lock you up into a contract for a long time and have control over all of these things. For example, I have one client uh, in New Jersey that we just onboarded. We've had him, I think, about three months, three or four months. And we had to go through a horrible experience getting him off of one of the software platforms that had put a website together for him that really was not working. And they would not allow us to take a look at his Google Analytics. They had their own, um, they had their own report that they sent him that really didn't give him any information that didn't allow him to determine whether or not the website itself was performing and even at a page level, whether it was performing. And then when he was questioning why the form fills were virtually none, there was no answer for that. Then it evolved into they were billing him just a flat amount for Google advertising, but would not share with him what his dashboard would or did or should look like. So in other words, he didn't know what keywords he was paying for. He didn't know if they had negative keyword terms in there. He didn't know whether or not they were utilizing individual campaigns for target pests, any of these things. And I think that that's, borderline criminal in my mind. You're paying all this money for all this stuff and it's really not working and no one's going to show you or tell you why. I I just don't think that that's a good idea for you as a business owner when you're spending money on things that you need to be able to pivot. You need to be able to change. You need to be able to double down on some and eliminate others. And all of that comes through metrics and measuring the results of what you're doing. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's why we as an organization, when we set up each and every one of these things, so your website, we will set it up on your 
Google Analytics account. It's in your name, and then you allow us as an administrative user to be able to go in and manage it. And at any time, you could eliminate us or add somebody else in. We'll also help you to learn how to go in and look at some of the key measuring points that you should to see if, in fact, your your uh, Google local organic search and its indexing is working and working at a page level and understand why, as opposed to hiding behind it and trying to find metrics that look good and just showing you those. Again, if, if any of you have listened to any of these podcast episodes, you will know that I spent many years as a high school football coach. I loved it. Uh, I believe that coaching football and managing a business have some very, very close similarities. And in this case, what I'm talking about, what I'd like you to think about is this. In football, what you're looking for all the time, no matter what your record is, no matter how well you played in the last game or didn't play, what you're looking for continually is what you're doing wrong. And why is that? Because you know that if you're going to progress as a team, if you're going to get better and better uh, week in and week out, game in and game out, if you're going to manage to get to the playoffs and ultimately to a championship game, you can never really sit on your success. And when you look at a pest control company, it's the same thing. You don't want a marketing company that's going to come to you and say, oh, look at all these great things we're doing while at the same time your costs and expenses are going up, but your results, which is ultimately your sales revenues, are flat or going down. And everybody's just telling you, hang in there, wait a while, it's going to get better. No, that's that's balderdash. What you are really looking at as a pest control company, and as I'm doing this podcast, it's a perfect time. We're heading into the fall It's the end of the year. It is the perfect time to step back, analyze your company. And when it gets into specifics about your marketing and your advertising, being able to measure very, very specifically. Is my website traffic growing? Are the pages that I need to be growing, are they doing that? And are they producing leads? And are we converting those leads into sales? You, as a business owner, need to understand that stuff. Even when you get to the point to where you're no longer really managing it, you have other people or a marketing team that are doing that for you, you darn well want to be able to yourself go in and find out if you're getting the straight story, to find out if the metrics that are important to a pest control company's growth and growth I'm talking about is in sales revenue, not necessarily clicks and leads and eyeballs. You need to be able to have these things under your control. So your Google business profile, your Google search console, your Google analytics, your Google ads dashboard, your Google local searches dashboard, all of these things you need to be able to log into, look around. You need to have a team that's willing to take the time to sit down with you and explain to you what it is that they're doing, what they're looking at, and not all of the successes. So we would go out, we would have a Friday night football game, and we'd go have a big game and win the game, and every Saturday morning, 
after the game, we would come together. I'd get some donuts, and we'd sit down with the team, and we would go through the game film. And after a big game, many of the kids thought, well, this is going to be a highlight reel, right? We're going to look at all these great plays we had, the touchdowns and the long pass and the big run. No. I didn't care about that. That's great. That's what we're supposed to do for a good football team. What I wanted to focus in on were the blocks that we missed, the passes that got dropped, the interceptions, the fumbles, the poor coverage on special teams, and it would frustrate the kids. They didn't understand that. But what I would have to continually get through to them is, folks, If we want to get better, if you want to go win bigger next week, if you want to win all the rest of the games throughout the rest of the season, then we better figure out what we're doing wrong and not hang our hats on what we're doing right. Here's what I would would say to you about how you can use this comparison in your business. Do you know today how effective your website really is all the way down to a page level and a performance level, which means leads, live active leads that are coming into your business every single day and what you're doing with them? Do you have goals for your reviews so you can get to 100, 200, or 300 five-star reviews and why it's so significant to you in your marketplace And do you know how to go in and look at what you're doing? And do you know how to make it better and more robust within your pest control um, business? Are the majority of all of those reviews on Google and on Facebook? And if they're not, why not? And if you don't have the number you have today, why not? Can you go into your Google Ads dashboard and can you look at the campaigns that are being run Can you look at the search inquiries that are coming in? Can you look at the negative keywords that are being used? Can you look at the ads and what their click-through performance is? Now, I'm not telling you all of this because you need to manage and do all this. It's like I tell many of our employees that work here for us. I don't always expect you to do everything. What I do, however, expect is you know what needs to be done. And if you cannot get it all done by yourself, that you bring that to the attention of all of us so we can figure out as a team, what do we need to do to get it done? Because not getting it done is simply not an option. And it's the same thing in your pest control company. If you are an aggressive want to be successful, want to grow your business, want to be the best in your area. Not getting it done is not an option. On all of those things that I just talked about, it really needs to be something that is available to you every day, something that you're looking at weekly, and something that you can get answers to on the things that you're not doing well, why not? And what do we need to do to get them in the game plan and make sure next week we do really, really well at those? I don't mean, again, I'm sorry with the football analogies, but to me it's so very important. And when I look at software 
and you look at football, can you imagine running a football team with a software program? I mean, really. And we just are going to automate everything. And the things that we don't do good at, we don't really know. No. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to sit back and you're going to evaluate every play, every player on every play, the execution of that player on that play and why and why it didn't work well. And you're going to make sure that you go in in a positive way, in an enthusiastic way, and you're going to you're going to apply those things that need to get fixed so next week we're going to be even better. I'll get off my soapbox on that, but that's my irritation with software. It makes you complacent. It makes you soft. It makes you rely on other people to do the things that you need to be doing to manage and run your own business. Now, I'd really love to know if you agree with me and what your thoughts are. As you can tell, I'm a little bit passionate about this issue. It's why I'm here available to talk to pest control owners each and every day for no cost, no nothing, just to chat and talk about these things and help them and help you understand what needs to be in your game plan. Do you make? Do you need to make changes in your practice schedule? Who's supposed to be doing what and are they? And is it fair? Are you asking too much of them? Do you need more people with more skills to do more things? Because as I said before, not getting it done is not an option. That's when you get into the place. And again, the the sort of the core of my frustration. That's when you get into a place and you find out people are not getting it done. People don't have an answer. You don't have a place you can go look. So what does the answer boil down to? Well, you're in a contract and you can't get out of it. And oh, if you spend some more money, then maybe we can actually get the results up to where we told you they were going to be when you signed the contract to begin with. So my message to you folks from somebody who's been there and done that in a nationwide way Don't get caught in that. Read the contract. Understand what are they actually telling you they're going to do and what are they telling you they're going to try to do because those are two very, very different things. Doing what I said I was going to do and trying to do it and failing are not the same thing. So what I would suggest is that, one, if you're in a pest control contract in which you expect them to manage all of your, or pest control software contract, I should say, and you're expecting them to manage all of your marketing efforts, you need to get on the phone with somebody and ask them, how are you going to manage my website and the page performance and the on-page SEO requirements on a weekly and monthly basis? I need to know that. Mr. or Mrs. Software Account Rep. How are you growing my reviews, and not on your platform, but more primarily on Google and Facebook? Can I, and will you allow me, to get in and look at my Google tools and my Google analytics myself, in my own name? Or is this combined in a big corporate-wide dashboard that you use for all of your accounts because I want it to be just for me. 
how can I customize my email so that if I want to run just a campaign to those clients that I have that do not use our summer mosquito program, how can I isolate them, send them an email message, and then monitor and and see what the results are? How many more did I get to sign up? What are you going to do to help me improve my sales conversion rates and make sure they're staying up around 50% or better? Or do you even know? And if you don't, why not? And where do I get some help with that? And when it comes to content, who's writing that content? Can I talk to them? Are you using cookie cutter content that you use for other companies? Or do you have a content writer that's writing content exclusive to my business and my market area? And is it broken down into topic clusters so I can get better ranking and indexing from Google? And my social media accounts, when when you put those up or when you're looking at those or when you're just plugging in and pushing out content to those, are they achieving what I want, which is engagement? which is likes, which is messages, which is shares. Am I getting any of that? And if I'm not, what are you going to do about it and why not? And in terms of my NAP consistency, so my listings across the internet on all the directories, how are you doing that? Who's doing that? And how does it get corrected if it's not right? And how can I look at it and see it? And then last but not least, and certainly maybe the most important, if you're spending money on Google Ads, if you have a Google Local Services Ads account, can you get in there? Can you see it? Can you see how much am I paying per click? How many clicks does it take me to get a lead? Because that's very, very important. You know, they talk a lot about clicks and you're spending, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, fifteen dollars per click, depending on where you're at. But what they don't tell you is it takes you 18 or 20 clicks to get an actual lead. And the reason for that is they're not using the right keywords. They're not monitoring those and making sure that you're not just getting worthless clicks that you're paying Google for. And the only one making any money in the whole transaction is Google. That doesn't make any sense. And if and what about traditional ads? What if you want to do some, some door hangers? What if you want to do some door-to-door United States Postal Service direct mail, which is a great option. Do they offer that? And who's going to design for you what it is that they're going to use? Is it going to be just some template that they use for everyone else? Or is it going to be creative, created specifically and exclusively for you yourself to use? So these are just some of the things that I just want to put out there to give you a caution flag. Once again, I'm not knocking anybody. You need software. There's a lot of great software out there that helps with each and every one of these elements that I talked about. From your website, to your SEO, to your email, to your text messaging, to your reviews and your reputation, to your NAP citations and backlinks, all of these things, there are good products for What you need to ask yourself is, should they all be in just one big product and I just write them a big fat check and I'm stuck in a contract that I can't get out of and now that I really start to realize it's not working very well, where do you find yourself? 
So be careful out there, folks. And once again, my name is Casey Lewis. I'm with Rhino Pest Control Marketing. You can call me anytime you want. You can send me an email. We can talk about this and see what you think about it. And I'd love to hear what you think about it. So if you get a chance, please reach out and let me know. And then the next go around or my next podcast, I'll bring these things up. Oh, and by the way, it's, it's, you're not supposed to say the dates on these podcasts. They say because you date them, but I don't care. I don't like to follow the rules. So it's November and we're heading into the end of the year. I'm about to be a grandfather for the very first time in my life. Got two or three weeks for that. I'm thrilled with it. So I'll probably have a little bit of downtime as we get around Thanksgiving time as I enjoy that special part of my life. But then we're going to go into December. And one of the things that we've been doing and I want to do is we're going to start to bring on some pest control people onto the podcast that we can talk to and you can listen to. And we're really trying to target some of those that have been very successful on their own, growing their business and doing it what I would feel is the right way. We're going to start with a company uh, I really like. And, and he's not, we don't, he's not one of our clients. Hopefully someday he may be, he may be, but he's done a fabulous job. He's called Blue Beetle Pest Control. He's out of Kansas City, Missouri, and I've just really been impressed with what he's doing. Um, I, I don't know if he has a marketing company. I don't know why or how he's doing that. We'll have a podcast episode. We'll ask him and find out. But if you're interested, if you'd like to get on a podcast episode with me and have a chat about anything you want share your experiences with some of our viewers who are almost all pod, excuse me, pest control, wildlife control, and home service type businesses. I would love to do that. I think that what's missing is that you as a pest control business owner don't need to be an expert in all of these areas. You don't. As I've you know, again, as I've told my employees, you just need to need, you need to know what should be happening in these areas, whether or not they're growing and why not, how much money you're spending in each of them, and whether it's working or not. And my job is to try to cut through the hyperbole and help you understand that, not as some 20-something sales rep that's trying to get you to sign a contract with a software company, but as someone who's been in this marketplace for 30 plus years and who I find, I find my interest to be in helping to educate the marketplace on what to be aware of, where are the pitfalls, where are the things where you can be successful and make some money and do that on an exclusive basis so that you're the only ones that we are actually working with in any given marketplace so you can dominate your market. Anyway, I'm done with my rant. I just wanted to get that out. It's been bugging me a little bit. I hope you appreciate it. I hope it's helpful. And again, I'm Casey Lewis with Rhino Pest Control Marketing, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. Thank you. Have a great day season as we go into the holidays here. God bless. Take care. You've been listening to the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. 
If you own a pest control company anywhere in the country, by using our services, we will help you grow and prosper. Casey has 30 years in marketing and advertising under his belt. He managed and oversaw a sales force of 4,000 inside and outside sales reps tasked to work with every pest control owner in the USA. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Rhino Digital Media. Let us take your digital marketing to the next level. See you next time on the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast.